0: Thank you for joining us today at Life Point Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity to know God. For more information, including locations, service times, and small groups, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. Let's jump into the message. What's up, Life Point Church? How y'all doing today? Come on, everybody. Aren't you glad you came to church? All right, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Especially if today is your very first time with us today. We're so glad that you're here joining us online. And also those of you that are new at our Austin Peay State University campus, LifePoint. Can we say hello one more time to our new folks today and everybody at our other locations online? Praise the Lord. Hey, we're glad to have you today. My name's Mike Burnett. If you're new with us, my wife Stephanie and I are honored to serve as pastors here, along with our whole team, glad to serve you and excited about today. It's going to be a great day for you. And thank you for braving the winter weather. Come on. Now, if you're from up north or east coast, that's all the winter we get every year here. Just so you know, it's supposed to be like 45 degrees tomorrow. So lighten up, everybody. It's going to be fine. We are thankful that you're here and uh, actually just south of us, they had seven or eight inches of snow and a lot of churches weren't able to meet today, but we are grateful that we were able to gather together uh, at this location and also at Austin Peay State University. Hey, real quick, I wanted to, um, first of all, a couple things. We've got about 100 people sitting in our lobby right now, joining us as our lobby campus. LifePoint, can we say hello? Everybody in the lobby campus, we love you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sitting in the lobby and... By the way, you get special treatment, so thank you guys for coming and uh, sitting out there. And so we're, we're glad to have that. We are working to build a whole new campus for you at Tiny Town, and there's also room. We're asking 500 of you to give up your seat at our Rossview campus and go join us at our Austin P University campus for our 11 a.m. service. So there's still plenty of room for all of you guys to make that jump. Okay, so last Sunday, you guys remember, I gave a survey of 10 areas where we can all take a next step. You guys remember that? clearly a talkative crowd today. I appreciate that. How many of you remember that last week? Okay, good. You're going to have to give feedback today, y'all. It's one of them days, right? Um, So we gave 10 steps for our church to say, hey, I need to take a step into the vision. We said you can become a faithful Sunday attender. You can commit to a small group, you can give tithes for the first time. Well, I just want to give you a little update from just one week ago, our survey, 1,200 people submitted that survey and said, I need to take a next step into the vision of our church. Those are lives changed. Those are people that are stepping forward into God's plan for the church, and I just wanted to share a couple of them that I think are really exciting. 156 people said, I need to get baptized next time we have water baptism. Come on, let's celebrate that, everybody. That's great news. That is exciting. A bunch of you are committing to a full year of Sunday attendance. 296 of you said that our family is gonna start tithing 10% to my local church. 296 families, guys, that's a huge deal. And the movement of God for the mission of God and what we get to do as a church is going to be greatly impacted. Not only that, the blessing of God on your family, almost 300 families are going to start tithing. Man, I just think that's amazing. 650 people want to join a small group. Come on, everybody. I think that's awesome. And then the last one, wait, this is my favorite. You know, I kind of pushed on y'all a little bit about get married, move out. It made it real awkward for you guys, but it wasn't awkward for me at all. It's funny, I had a couple uh, uh, people tell me, they were like, I was sitting there holding hands with my boyfriend, all of a sudden we just dropped hands. We're like, he ain't talking to us. (laughs) But I don't even know, God cares about our purity. We're talking about living for the Lord in every area of our lives. So we said, if you're living together unmarried, either get married, that's what Paul said, or run away, like move out, get you a new place. And we had, listen to this, 90 people said, I wanna get married as a result of that message. 90 people, come on, that's awesome, everybody. That's a life change, and let me encourage you. Like, like we wanna obey God's word and obey the scripture. And uh, 90 people, that's gonna be a lot of weddings probably in February. Now I'm gonna tell y'all a joke, I told the fourth service and my wife hates it, but I'm gonna tell y'all anyway. Because how many of you know I hadn't eaten in 14 days as of this time last week? And there's no telling what I'm gonna say. So we're gonna brand, we, we said, hey, maybe we'll do a bunch of Sunday weddings, like at the end of a service, built in crowd, like you don't have to invite anybody. <laughs> And we'll just do the weddings on the church stage after have 15 couples up here getting married. Do you? I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I said, we're going to call it Shack Up Sunday. (laughs) She did not like that joke. But I think it's hilarious because y'all know what you're doing. And your pastor loves you, and I want this for you. 1,200 people said yes to changing something in their lives into the vision of the church, guys. That's amazing. Thank you for that. And let me just encourage you, as we have started this year every week, I've challenged you with that word from Luke 6, 46, where Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and I do what I say? And the pattern that he, does, he shows us in that text is you come to me, hear what I say, and do what I say. And he said, that's a person who builds their life, and when the storms and streams of life hit, you'll stand. But the person who comes to me and hears me but doesn't do it, they still come and hear Jesus. And that's where a lot of folks in the church world actually are. They come to church, they hear the sermon, they even own a Bible and they believe in God, but they're not obeying the Lord. He said, those are people who build their life and the streams, the storms of life hit and their life crashes and falls apart. Listen, I I, I don't know if you realize this, but our our world is hard and, and life happens. And how many of you know we got a massive storm coming this fall called the presidential election? We're all gonna be friends. Can we decide right now we're gonna stay friends through that whole thing? By the way, if you're not clear who to vote on, it's Burnett with an E on the end. If you're gonna write that in for president, you're welcome. But it's because we walk with Jesus in obedience. We hear him, we follow his word, and we do what he says. That's the pattern for the Christian. I feel like that's a word for the Lord, from the Lord for our church this year, and we're gonna hear that a lot during this year. But let me just encourage you in every area of your life that you take the steps to obey the Lord. Amen, everyone. As always, thank you for being a giving and generous church. We believe in tithing and bringing offerings to the Lord. And and the tithe is we bring our first 10%. Like I shared with you, 300 families said we're gonna start tithing to our local church. And that's a massive deal. And let me just encourage you, if this is your home church, that you would take a step forward and begin giving as God has prescribed for us to give. And that's bringing our first 10% to the Lord through his church. Next Sunday, I'm excited to bring to you the annual report for what happened financially as a church last year. We're gonna give a clear financial presentation so you guys know as part of this organization where the money's going, how it was used, and also what else we got to do with small groups and missions and all those kind of things. So I'm very excited about next Sunday. Don't miss the last message of the I Love My Church series. It's gonna be a celebration of all that you guys got to do as a church. But I wanna encourage you as well, during these 21 days of fasting, I've asked you every week, if you would set aside the money that you would have spent on whatever you're fasting and give to our clean water initiative. We partner every year during 21 days of fasting with Convoy of Hope, our compassion partner that's doing a great deal of work around the world, but specifically in providing clean drinking water, whether it's digging wells or putting irrigation systems in place or the basic entry point for all of us, are these $25 water filters, which you've seen in our lobby set up. And if these are maintained properly, we'll filter up to a million gallons of water to be 99.9% pure drinking water for families around the world. And I'm telling you, as soon as we cut the check to convoy, they will purchase the filters and distribute them. They're not gonna sit in a warehouse for two years. These things will be in the hands of families around the world. You're gonna hear more about that actually today. And I just wanna say thank you for your generosity. Today is the day that we clo- we're, we're really pushing on that offering above our tithe. To clean drinking water, and actually to hear more about what your giving is doing, your partnership with Convoy looks like, Uh, we have an an incredible guest speaker with us today. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's one of those guys that every time you're around him, your spirit lifts, your joys increase, and he's, how many of you just like people around you that make you feel better about yourself? Brad is one of those guys. He uh, is a pastor's kid, and then he was a senior pastor for a long time in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's a Bengals fan, I think, don't hold it against him. He loves Jesus more than bad football, but anyway, he is. Uh, he left. <laughs> he left. They had a day in the '80s. I'm gonna give you that, man. Like, um, my favorite bangles are are, are the walk like an Egyptian bangles. Anybody? Anybody? Thank you very much. Where was I? Pastor for a long time and then has recently moved to becoming a senior vice president with Convoy of Hope and here to share this word uh, as part of our I Love My Church series. Would you please give it up for our good friend, Pastor Brad Rosenberg. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Microphone.
1: There we go. It's a good thing I got cool music because I left my mic. Yeah, I'm just standing up here for you. (laughs) Love you, Brad. Hey, love you too. Good morning, everybody. Let me tell you, the uh, second service, they were more caffeinated than the first service, and I'm hoping the third service is more caffeinated than the second service. You know what I'm saying? Okay, there's a couple over there that had some ventes somewhere. Um, Hey, listen, it's such a joy and honor to be here, and um, Pastor Mike and Pastor Stephanie are dear friends. They're incredible leaders, and what I'd like for you to do is to Pretend for a moment that the Titans have won the Super Bowl. (laughs) And okay, or maybe Tennessee's won the national championship or the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know who all your teams are, but whoever it is, I want you to whistle and cheer and scream and holler and let Pastor Mike and Pastor Stephanie know how grateful you are that they are your pastors. Incredible people, exceptional leaders, and dear friends, I love you both, so thank you for the very kind invitation. I was a pastor's kid, my dad was a pastor's kid. My dad is 89 years old and his dad pastored for 50 years. And so there's a long uh, legacy of pastors in our family and um, some things that you may not know is that uh, when you're a pastor, you're on call all the time. Somebody's tragedy doesn't fall in your schedule. And my dad had to leave Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners to take care of people who were going through crisis I've left Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas dinners for my kids. And so I want you to specifically think about this. If you see Lucy, Julia, Hallie, or Brooklyn, one of their four daughters, take the time to thank them for sharing their mom and dad with you. You guys don't think about that, but it's a big deal. And they're sweet girls who love the Lord and love this church So make sure you thank them for sharing their mom and dad with you. Can you receive that this morning? Amen. I'm going to start this morning with the most basic, most fundamental, the foundational verse in the Bible that is really probably the first one that an individual learns when they follow Jesus, and it's John 3.16. It simply goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm continuing the series that Pastor Mike has launched and this week it is I Love God's World. How many of you know if he loves the world, then as followers of Jesus Christ, we must love the world. I'm gonna try that in this section over here. The ones who had the ventis over here. If God loves this world and so loves this world, it requires us to so love his world as well, right? And here's the thing, I can tell you that uh, yesterday in the Atlanta airport, uh, I had an Annie Ann's pretzel. I probably shouldn't say that at the end of a 21-day fast because y'all are smelling it right now. I love pretzels, I love Annie Ann's pretzels. There's something completely different when I tell you I love pretzels and then I tell you when I put my hands on my daughter Mallory's face and I look her in the eyes and I say, Mallory, daddy so loves you. There's a difference. God doesn't just love the world. He so loves the world. In fact, he's leaning down this morning. He's putting his fatherly hands on your face this morning, looking you in the eyes and saying, I so love you. I don't just love you, I so love you. That's what missions is all about. That's why we're doing what we're doing today. Loving God's world requires us to love what he loves. And I wanna encourage you this morning, let me give you this this brief phrase, if you will, that will be the Bible in a nutshell. Because if you love his world, you're gonna be required to tell what this is all about so others can be a part of his family as well, right? Here's the whole Bible in a nutshell, you ready? Jesus left his place, heaven, and came to our place, earth, to take our place on the cross so that we could all go back to his place. That's the whole Bible in a nutshell. Jesus left his place, came to our place, took our place so we could all go back to his place because it is God's will that none should perish. He doesn't want anyone to be left out. And if you have a a piece of paper and you wanna write a few thoughts down this morning, here's kind of the, the opening thought. Loving God's world requires having compassion for those who have not yet heard the gospel. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, or compassionate, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everybody say everyone. You say, man, those two verses that you're using, that sounds a lot like Pastor Mike, because I've been watching your series. I know what he's been preaching to you. I know he's used both those verses. It's like the pastor who got voted into a church and he preached his first sermon, and man, it was a doozy on evangelism and missions. And the second week, he preached the exact same sermon. People were like, man, I hope this isn't the only one he has. And the third week, he preached the exact same sermon again. The board of the church came up and met with him. Pastor, I don't know if you realize or not, this is is the third week in a row you've preached the exact same sermon. The pastor said, well, when you start living it, then I'll start on the second one. Oh, I'm not going to drop this mic because it's expensive. That's a mic drop. Loving God's world recognizes the fundamental value of every single soul. The Great Commission, now think about this, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered, it is a command to be obeyed. Missions is not a program of the church, it is the purpose of the church. Lost people matter to God, so they better matter to the church. That's why we do what we do, and in Colossians chapter three and verse 12 it says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with what? Let's try that again. I know there's high reading scores in Tennessee. I know that. We're gonna try this again. <laughs> clothe yourselves with <laughs> compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. This verse is clearly commanding us to do something. The word's, Clothe yourself is an action command. I was back home in Cincinnati for Christmas, visiting my wife's family, and my father-in-law was coming home from work one day, and he he said he saw this marquee on a church sign, and he told us at dinner, it said, well done is better than well said. Wow. That's one of those, you can't say amen, say ouch. Well done is better than well said. And many times in our lives, our great need is not necessarily more knowledge, but rather to put into practice what we already know. How many of you know we need to love God's world? He so loved this world that we must so love the world as well. Zechariah 7, 9 and 10 says, this is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice, show mercy and what? compassion to one another, do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor, do not plot evil against each other. That, ladies and gentlemen, is loving God's world. Pastor Mike asked me to give kind of a 30,000-foot overview of what Convoy's doing, And, and I'd like to start out this morning by letting you guys see this graphic, kind of a quick overview of what's happening, what Convoy's doing. I know that in August... Is it August, Pastor Mike? Am I right? You do your one day to feed the world. And when you do that, you need to see who you're helping. Convoy of Hope currently feeds over 533,000 children every school day in over 3,000 feeding programs around the world. That's because of LifePoint. That's because of friends like you who care about the least, the last, and the lost. We've now empowered over 99,000 women with their own microbusiness enterprise. Amen. Convoy of Hope has now trained over 80,000 farmers globally because we know agriculture breaks the cycle of poverty. And Convoy of Hope, this is actually this slide's a little dated. We've now responded to over 700 disasters domestically and internationally. Showing up and bringing hope to people on the worst day of your life, including the tornadoes that hit right in this area just not too long ago. Thank you for being partners. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for caring for the least, the last, and the lost. You know, when you um, fast and pray, what you're doing is you're recalibrating your heart and you're tuning your ear to hear God's voice even clearer. That's what happens when you do that. And uh, I wanted to share a story with you this morning of where God specifically spoke to me through one of the children in our feeding programs. How many of you like to hear this story this morning? All right, okay. So, about six years ago, six years ago, while I was still pastoring in Cincinnati, I uh, went down to El Salvador and was in one of our feeding programs there and there were all these children lined up and the first group was a bunch of kindergartners. And they were lined up and they'd come by and I'd put a scoop of rice on their plates and the guy next to me put a scoop of beans on their plate and so on. And I'm looking down this line and I see this little guy who's got black hair parted on the side, no front teeth, absolute winner. And when I saw the kid, I said, Uh, to Carlos, the guy, I need you to take a picture. I gotta get a picture with this kid because he's just got winner written all over him. You guys wanna see a picture of him? Yeah, you know he's a winner too, as soon as you saw him. And uh, so I was down, this happened six years ago that I participated in helping this kid. And three years later, I had a dream about him. And God used this kid to speak directly to me and our family in a dream. That changed the trajectory of our lives. And so uh, I was down there two years ago and told our team on the ground, you gotta help me find this kid. God used him in a powerful way to speak to our lives. And uh, they said, oh, he was only with us in kindergarten and first grade. He had no father and his uncle moved, he and his mother, two hours up into the mountains of El Salvador We don't have a street number or a street name to even know where his address is or where he lives. We just know it's up on that mountain. And I was like, you guys got to find this kid. I've got to tell him how God used him. The bus driver that was with us said, I know where that mountain is. I'm like, okay, well, we still don't have a street name or a number, Uh, get the mountain thing. And he goes, I think we can find it. And when he felt like he could do it, faith just started to rise in me. And I said, let's get in the van and go. So me, the bus driver, Nixon, and one of our videographers hop in a van and drive two hours up on this mountain on all dirt roads to find this kid. We stop outside of this block, white block house with a tin roof. I think we have a picture of it. There's this white block house with a tin roof and... He, he pulls the emergency on the van on this dirt road. He goes, I think this is it. <laughs> like we just drove two hours in, in dirt up a mountain and you think this is where this kid lives? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, man, whatever, bro. Let's, let's go for it. So how many of you'd like to hear the Paul Harvey rest of the story? All right, watch this. Six years ago, I was here in El Salvador on a trip with Convoy of Hope, actually, while I was pastoring in Cincinnati. I had the opportunity to meet Camilo for the very first time. He was a five-year-old little boy in one of our feeding programs about two hours outside of San Salvador. When we pulled up to the feeding program, my assignment was to go stand behind the big bowl of rice and serve a scoop of rice onto each plate as the child walked by. One little boy stuck out to me, a little boy, a five-year-old little boy with dark black hair, parted on the side, no front teeth, and the biggest smile. When he came up to me, I put a scoop of rice on his plate and he looked up at me with his little plate and his rice and said, gracias. Something in that moment captured my heart and my mind to this little guy. I asked uh, Carlos, who was traveling with us at the time, to take a picture, and I've had that picture on my phone ever since, me and Camilo. Well, God used Camilo in a powerful way in my life, and so right now, six years later, we're about to enter his home and reconnect with Camilo. What a beautiful place. Camilo, how are you, buddy? Oh, good to see you. Yeah, oh, man. How are you? I wanted to show you this. I've had this.
0: <laughs> I've had this, I
1: think, since you were five years old.
0: <laughs> look at that.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he has the photo, too. You have the photo, too? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, look at this. Yes, you had it? Somebody made you a picture of it? oh my goodness
0: would you like to
1: come in absolutely yes
0: <laughs>
1: can I see it oh my goodness that is wild so this the story that I wanted to come tell you is really it's really an amazing story so I was a pastor for 28 years and uh, pastored in Cincinnati, Ohio for 21 of those years. But I knew that even though I was pastoring a church, God was stirring something different in my heart. And I'd been overseas on another missions trip where we helped a lot of children in an orphanage and a feeding program. And when I got back to the United States, I was really tired and jet lagged. So when I laid down to take a nap, I had the most vivid dream that I've ever had. And in my dream, I went back to the school program to where Camilo was when he was five years old. When he came up to me in line, I, put, I poured rice on his plate. He stops and looks straight into my eyes, and he says, what took you so long? Meaning there are all kinds of kids around the world in need, and why aren't you doing that? I knew that God was asking me To leave the church that I was pastoring, to move to Convoy of Hope, and give my life to care for the poor and suffering and those in need. I wanted you and Camilo to know that God had used Him in a powerful way to change the trajectory of my life and where we are now. We've now been there almost three years, and I've never been happier in my entire life. Over all these years, when I would think of of Camilo and pray for him and pray for your family, to walk into your home and to be here today and to see that you had a picture of us and you guys have been praying for me. Praying for another person is the greatest gift you could ever give them. And I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude and appreciation. I know that God has a special plan for Camilo's life And that he's going to use him in a powerful way to influence and impact many, many people. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of Camilo. You have used him in a powerful way to change the trajectory of my life and our family. And Lord, I know that you have a perfect plan and purpose for his life. I believe that you want to use him to influence and impact many lives all around the world. I pray that you would give him the wisdom to know what's right and the courage to do it. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Love you, buddy. (laughs) So proud of you, man. Stay true to Jesus. He wants to use you big time. Love and obey your mom. And go love everybody. The video team wasn't able to capture the entire thing because they had to keep it brief. But when I told him that God had used him in a dream to change the trajectory of our life, his mom said, God's used Camila in many dreams. I was <laughs> like, wow. She said, in fact, his grandmother, her mom, was diagnosed with brain cancer. Camila laid hands on her and prayed for her, and she was healed of brain cancer. <laughs> we don't just give these kids food and water. We give them Jesus. We give them the hope of the world. Camila is not the only one in our program centers that's going after Jesus. When I was there, I went back down the mountain to one of our program centers, and there were some of the girls there. This was just a few in our girls' empowerment program. And just in El Salvador alone, we've had 20,000 children complete a two year intensive discipleship program where they discover who they are in Christ and have a passion to win their country for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's what's happening because of your partnership. That's what's happening because of your compassion. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Ladies and gentlemen, that's loving God's world. Mark chapter six and verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. Ladies and gentlemen, that's loving God's world. Jesus models humility and leans into the pain and heartache of those who are suffering. The spiritual life does not remove us from the world, it leads us deeper into it. How many of you know God wants to use you to change the world? but it requires that everyone in this room love, so love God's world. Let me give you three closing thoughts and you might wanna write these down and put them on a little note next to your bed or on your bathroom mirror. These are just thoughts to consider this morning. Number one, followers of Jesus who love God's world don't give people a piece of their mind. They give them a piece of their heart. Are you willing to give a piece of your heart today? Number two, followers of Jesus who love God's world don't say, how did you get here? Instead, they say, how can I help? How can I be part of the solution? And the third thought is simply this. Followers of Jesus who love God's world understand that it is costly, not comfortable, to obey and respond. Friends, we get to be part of the solution. We get to do this this morning. We get to bless others. We get to be Jesus's hands and feet extended. We get to love God's world. We get to do that. How many of you know that we are blessed to be a blessing? Let me try that, we are blessed to be a blessing. I'm gonna ask you three questions. I just want you to raise your hand if it applies to you. If you slept somewhere last night with shelter over your head, raise your hand. If when you got up this morning, there was some food in your refrigerator, even if it was a small amount, would you raise your hand? And if you got to this campus today, even if it was in a rusted out jalopy, but you got here in some form of transportation, raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you were three for three on all three of those questions? Keep your hands up. I want you to look around the room because if you answered yes to all three of those questions, that puts you in the top 1% wealth of the world. That's why we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. Everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have is from him. And if God can get it through you, he will give it to you. Commit to be Jesus's hands and feet extended. As you consider your commitment today, we need your help. What's happening in Africa right now is the worst drought and famine on planet Earth in the last 50 years. What's happening in the North? West corner of Kenya is a horrific disaster and humanitarian crisis of epic proportion. There are children living in this part of Kenya, I want you to listen to me clearly, who are five years old, who live in this part of Kenya, who've never felt a raindrop hit their skin. It's not rained in this part of Kenya for over five years. This is the fifth year in a row of this drought Our team on the ground has been there and the impact is massive. There are 4.4 million people in this area facing severe malnourishment and potential starvation. Last night, I was in the hotel room and I did a quick search on Google. That's more than every person living in Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville, Chattanooga, and Clarksville combined. Every single person facing total starvation. We need to love on God's world. In this part of the country, there are 2.4 million livestock that are just laying dead in the desert. This is for real. Where someone is born should not determine whether they live or die. The drought and famine is unconscionable. In Just this one area, we've already distributed over 250,000 meals and 25,000 liters of bottled water. It's a desperate situation. Compassion is needed. My question is, God, what are you asking us to do? We not only give them bread and water, but friends, we are giving them the bread of life and living water. Jesus is the answer, and Jesus is the hope of the world. Here's the great news this morning. When we give people Jesus, their stories shift from a hopeless ending to endless hope. How many of you are thankful for that this morning? He's the hope of the world. I want to close this morning by telling you a story about my little buddy, Nicholas. Nicholas was a child in the foster care system in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He had been bounced around from foster home to foster home. I think we have a picture of Nicholas. I want you to get to see him this morning. And Nicholas um, was adopted 18 months ago by one of the ladies in our Assembly of God church in a suburb of Philadelphia. She had never been married, never had children, and wanted to give this kid a forever home. So when she adopted Nicholas, she brought him home, and Nicholas... She just was wanting to get to know him. She said, is there anything you want to do, anything you're thinking about? And he said, I've never been on a vacation. More than anything, I'd love to go to Disney World. I'm gonna start saving all my money to go to Disney. So his birthday money, his Christmas money, good grades money, Tooth fairy money, anywhere he could get money, he put in his clear bucket that had the word Disney written on the side. For 18 months, Nicholas had saved all of his money from anything he had gotten and he had collected $266.40. But just a few months ago in November when I was in Philadelphia at the church that Nicholas attends, Nicholas found out about what Convoy was doing and the children who were in desperate need. Nicholas told his mom, I know I've never been on a vacation and I've never been to Disney, but these kids are way worse off than I am. Mom, I wanna drag my bucket to church and give everything I have. And on that Sunday, Nicholas, a seven-year-old little boy out of the foster care system, gave $266.40 to take care of children who were less fortunate than he was. Everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. Before I left pastoring, a guy in my church lost his wife in a heroin overdose. I did her funeral. He had lost his job because every morning he tried to get her off drugs and was late to work. Lost his wife, lost his job. Had three little boys under the age of six. He said, pastor, I don't have a job, I don't have any money, but I wanna be part of the one day to feed the world offering. And he said, if you'll give me a bucket, a hose, some Dawn dishwashing detergent and a sponge, i just like to wash cars in the church parking lot on the Saturday before our Sunday convoy offering. We gave him everything he needed, We got babysitters for his boys. He just wanted the dignity of being a part of it. As I drove up and down in front of the church seven or eight times, I wept in my car as I saw him out there by himself washing cars with a box that says donations for children and missions. That Sunday morning, I've never seen someone with so much joy on their face. He came running down the left aisle. He said, Pastor, with no job, no money in my accounts, I'm so happy that I get to give $500 in the offering this morning. He put all the money from washing those cars in the offering because he said they're in much greater need than I am. Folks, when we do what we can, God himself does what we can't if we will make ourselves available and say, I wanna so love God's world the way he loves it. I wanna be part of the solution. I wanna do my part. When we do what we can, folks, God himself will do what we can't. You guys have been so kind and so generous, but there is a world in great need right now. So if you'd let me, I'd love the opportunity just to pray for you for us to pause for a moment before the Lord and say, God, what are you asking me to do? Can we do that right now? Lord, right now, would you speak to us? We wanna hear your voice. God, give us the wisdom to hear you and give us the courage to say yes because we know, God, your prompting plus obedience to that prompting always equals the miracle. So Lord, I pray for favor and blessing and goodness to fall on every person in this room. Lord, as they desire to be who you want them to be, I pray that the blessings would boomerang back on their lives. I bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. On behalf of all the children we serve around the world, I wanna look you in the eyes this morning from the bottom of my heart I want to say thank you thank you thank you god bless you guys
0: come on can we say thank you jesus for this great partnership come on everybody would you stand to your feet around the room and let's thank god together pastor brad thank you so much for moving by conviction and leading the way you have today can we honor pastor brad rosenberg everybody thank you thank you thank you man hey before you leave Nobody leave, just let me finish this. Even in the lobby campus and online, I just wanna, I wanna challenge you to take that next step. Here's what I believe has been happening over the last couple weeks and especially today. God's been speaking, God's been stirring. And remember that word from the Lord for us. We come to him and we hear from him and then we do what he says. So whatever God has stirred in your heart, I think a basic entry level is for every member of our church to provide one water filter. But some of you guys can provide a well for ten dollars to $15,000. Maybe your company would say, man, we're gonna go all in this year with clean drinking water. We wanna be a part of the solution. Whatever God has put on your heart, this is a partnership that God has given us divinely to partner with Convoy of Hope. I wanna ask everyone in our church to do something. Sometimes you see the need, you see 4.4 million people in, in Northwest Kenya facing starvation. You go, I can't do everything for that. And nobody's ever asked you to do everything, but I think everyone can do something. So I wanna ask everybody to do something. You can get on our website, you can get on that. T- touch that little sticker on the seat back in front of you on the Give Online page or, or at lifepointchurch.tv slash give. And there's a button where you can click on the Convoy of Hope Water Initiative on our envelopes in the seat back. You can drop it in the bucket out front or in the boxes in the lobby or, or online, uh, however you wanna do it, put it in the mail. But I'm asking everyone in our church to do something. Let's try our best to bring change to families and children and people all around the world. Can I pray over all of you today as you give generously? Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being a part of the greatest kingdom and the greatest move of God ever. It's the local church and God, the partnership that we have extended through Convoy of Hope. Lord, it is our sacred honor. It is our privilege and and such a great opportunity that we have to give generously, to pray for the needs of the world. I thank you, Lord God, that everyone in this church has the opportunity to do something. So, Lord, as we've heard from you and we've heard the vision cast, God, I thank you that each of us will step forward in obedience to say, yes, God, whatever you're asking of us, we will do it. And God, we thank you that everything we have is yours anyway. Lord, would you please use it according to your faithfulness? God, if you were to speak to us right now, what do you want from us that's already yours? God, we will hear it and we'll obey in Jesus' name. Now, everybody pray this with me. Come on, let's confess to the Lord one more time. Say, God, I believe in you. Jesus is Lord of my life. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm all in, Lord, with you for the rest of my life. Say, I believe Jesus died for me. He raised from the dead to give me eternal life. And I'm all yours to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. We're so happy that you joined us today. We hope that you've been inspired and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus, stay connected, or partner with us through generosity, be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope that you have a blessed week and we'll see you next Sunday.